Welcome to the Family Life Church Podcast. We hope you're blessed and encouraged to share this with someone you know. Subscribe or visit thefamilylife.org for more information. So thankful. God is good. Amen. Matthew chapter 4, and I'm going to begin with verse 17 when typically preaching on this or reading this text, we begin with verse 18, but verse 17 is special, and it says this, from that time, somebody say that time, time. it's a special time, from that time Jesus began to preach and to say repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and He goes on, and the Bible says in verse 18, in Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets, and they followed him. My message today is simply centered around asking one question. And that is, will we follow? Will we follow? When God calls and when God leads and God directs and God asks of us as his people in this last day, will we follow? Would you lift up a hand towards heaven? And would you just begin to ask God to give you ears to hear today? That, Lord, this fall on good ground. Lord, that what you have for this church at this season, at this time in life, Lord God, give us ears to hear and a heart to receive. Let this fall on good ground today. Lord, I pray for every saint, every individual, every guest, Lord God, that you would just prepare them. That, God, you would have your way today. In the mighty name of Jesus and all of God's people said amen. Come on, would we one more time give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Come on, that's it. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. In the name of the Lord, and you may be seated. There is one individual in the Word of God that really stands out to me, in the New Testament specifically, that goes above and beyond in helping advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. His name was Simon Peter, and he was the first disciple to be called of Jesus. He was one of the three inner circle disciples, and he was the leader of that inner circle disciple pack. And he witnessed the raising of a young girl from the dead, and he witnessed money in the mouth of a fish. He witnessed the lame man being healed, and he was with Jesus at so many amazing moments in the word of God. He was with Jesus at Gethsemane, and he was with Jesus at the Last Supper, and he was with Jesus after the resurrection, and you could close the book and end the story there, and how amazing it was for Simon Peter to witness and to be a part of such an awesome ministry. But the story does not stop there. In fact, Simon Peter continues to answer the call and answer the call and answer the call of carrying out the gospel message and letting this world know more about Jesus Christ. That Jesus said this to Simon Peter and the disciples before his death, burial, and resurrection in John chapter 14, verse 11 through 
13. And Jesus said, believe me that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me. Come on, somebody. That Jesus was reminding them that when you have seen me, you have seen the Father. That I and my Father are one. That I am in the Father and that the Father is in me. And he goes on to say, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, look at this, the works that I do shall he do also. And you could stop it there, Brother Esau. But he goes on to say, and greater works than these shall you do. Because I go unto my Father, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. That's why we pray in the name of Jesus. We baptize in the name of Jesus. We sing about the name of Jesus. Why? Because there is power in the name of Jesus. And he goes on and he says, greater things shall you do? I can't imagine what the disciples were thinking at this moment. Like, um, Jesus, uh, we have seen you walk on water. Like, that's not a normal thing that we do. We don't have a small group here at Family Life of uh, going out to dinner and then going uh, for a walk on the water. That's not normal, Jesus. We have seen you deliver, and we have seen you heal, and we have seen you open the blinded eyes, and we, we have seen you raise someone from the dead, and you're telling us that we will do greater things? That Jesus was letting them know that the same spirit that is in me, it will now abide and it will now live in you. That this Holy Ghost power is not just something that we tap into on a Sunday morning so that we can get a few chill bumps during worship. But it is something that will lead you and guide you and direct you. And guess what? You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And it doesn't say that you might. It doesn't say that you could. It doesn't say that it probably will happen. It says that you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world that you will do greater things than these. And so sure enough, it was Simon Peter that after this pep talk and after Jesus ascends into heaven, that, that Simon Peter becomes that leading pioneer for the church. He's used mightily in Acts chapter 2 as he's preaching and answering that famous question of what must we do to be saved. He was used mightily in being an instrument of the Holy Ghost as about 3,000 people were added to the church in Acts chapter 3 and 5,000 people were added to the church in Acts chapter 4. We see him heal the saint at Lydda and we see in Acts chapter 10 that while he is preaching to the Gentiles, we see that they begin to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost right there in Acts chapter 10 that this wasn't anything special about Simon Peter it was just Simon Peter allowing the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God to simply work and flow through him as a living vessel that the list could go on of what and where and how God used Simon Peter to help advance the gospel. But this morning, I want to go all the way back to the very beginning of Simon Peter's ministry. I want to see how did he get to where he is in the book of Acts. 
How did he get this opportunity? How was he able to be used like this of the glory of God? Going all the way back before the healings and before the miracles and before walking with Jesus and before anybody was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, I want to take a look this morning at the moment that God opened up the door for Simon Peter to be used for his glory. Maybe a moment that could be similar for someone here today. That this moment where God opens the door to ministry is found in Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse 17. And I mentioned in my opening that I wanted to highlight verse 17 to show how unique the season and how unique the day simply was. And it says this, from that time Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What a moment in time. The very beginning of Jesus' ministry that he had just been baptized and sent into the wilderness and here he is coming out full of power and it's the beginning of his preaching ministry that that prophecy is about to be fulfilled and healings are about to happen and things are about to get wild that it's kind of like the calm before the storm that something is stirring that this is certainly a unique day in Matthew chapter 4 verse 17. I've got to pause and make mention that right now we too here in 2021, we are living in a unique day. That it's in this post-pandemic season, and I say that in faith. Come on, somebody. That we as the church must see that the harvest is ready. That we as the church must lift up our eyes to see that the fields are ripe for harvest. That as the world is searching for solutions in medicine, in government, in policy, in the things of the world. As our nation is doing all that it can to try to pick up the pieces. And do all that it can to try to heal and recover. We must realize that now is the opportunity to offer this world something different. That right now is the opportunity for you and I to offer this world Jesus. That's right. Amen. That it feels like right now something is beginning to stir in our world. Something is beginning to stir in our homes and something is beginning to stir in our city and something is beginning to stir in our district. We just had hyphen camp this past weekend, 120 students there, and I've never seen young adults so hungry for God. So ready to do God's will. So ready to go back into the field. So hungry and so eager to do what God has called them to do in this moment. It reminds me of 1 Kings chapter 18, Brother Lucas. You talked on this on Wednesday night where there was a famine in the land and a drought in Samaria and we get to verse 41 and and Elijah calls out to Ahab and he lets Ahab know that it's time to get up and get the party started. Why? Because I hear the sound of rain. I, 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 I may not see it and I may not feel it, but I can hear that the rain is coming. Come on, somebody. Do you believe it this morning that in this moment the rain is coming to our city? Come on, is there anybody here that will agree that the rain is coming to our community, that victory is coming and healing is coming and salvation is coming, that there's a hunger for truth, there's a hunger for righteousness, there's a hunger for holiness? That the rain is coming. 
that this is the time for the church, that this is our season, that victory, it is on its way. And we see in Matthew chapter 4 that it was in this unique season Something was stirring that Jesus had just come out of the wilderness and he was full of power, ready to begin his ministry. And the word goes on to say this in verse 18. And Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee, that as he's beginning to put his team together and as he's beginning to help advance this gospel, as he's looking for the right individuals to assist him in this earthly ministry, the Bible tells us in verse 18 that he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother casting a net into the sea, for they were, hang with me here, they were theologians. They were high priests. They had the longest resume in the book. They, they, they were ministers of the gospel. No, no, no. They, they, they were fishers. That's right. Come on. That this is who God chooses. A couple of random fishermen. That Jesus gets the first pick in the first round. That the very first selection that Jesus makes in the draft, he picks a guy that has no background in ministry, no background in theology, no education, probably no experience in working with people. The guy's used to catching fish and only fish. But he goes ahead and he chooses Simon Peter Anyways, and let me just remind somebody here today that may not feel qualified and may not feel like you have what it takes to be used of the glory of God. The Lord will use anybody that is simply willing to carry out his plan and his purpose. And all you have is all that God needs. You don't need to try to... You don't need to try to act like somebody else. You don't need to try to mimic somebody else. You don't have to sing good. You don't have to preach good because God has called you to something different that the people up here can't do. And so whatever it is that God has called you to do and whatever purpose and whatever plan it is, the Lord is just simply looking for anyone that is willing it doesn't matter your age, you can be 9 or 99, it doesn't matter your talent or education or pedigree, that God uses ordinary people to carry out an extraordinary gospel. And so instead of listening to the negativity, and instead of listening to the enemy, maybe today you need to listen to that voice that is encouraging you to go ahead and teach the Bible study. Maybe you ought to go ahead and listen to that voice that is leading you to run the small group. Maybe you need to answer that call that is just something's tugging on your heart that I'm just going to come early and I'm going to be used wherever and, and maybe even outside of the church. I'm, I'm just going to be the light whenever I go into my community. That when I go to the restaurant, I'm thinking through the lens of I'm a missionary. That when I go to the workplace, come on somebody. That when I go to the workplace, I'm understanding that I am going in the name of Jesus. Why? Because God is just simply looking for anyone that is willing. And so not only was Simon Peter not qualified, get this. Simon Peter was not perfect. We see in the word of God that Peter, he would end up denying Jesus not once, not twice, but three separate times acting as though he had absolutely no clue who Jesus was. We see another place in the word of God that he cuts off the ear of the high priest's servant. And these are things, in my opinion, these are fireable offenses. You can't be going around cutting people's ears off. 
These seem like a big deal to me, but all-knowing Jesus, God in the flesh, knowing the character and the faults and the failures and the problems and the sin of Simon Peter, he still chooses him anyways. Unqualified and imperfect, he still chooses him to help advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I've shared with this church a time or two my testimony. But when I was running from the call of God and when I was running from my pastor and when I was running from my parents and when I was running from my friends and everything that was right, I, I found myself 18 hours away from home having the worst attitude. I had a bad spirit. I was following after what I wanted to do. I was following after my dreams rather than following after Jesus. I was following after my plan, but hear me this morning, church. I'm thankful that at that moment, Jesus did not discard me. I'm thankful that he didn't give up on me. And I'm thankful that he didn't shut the door on my future. And I'm thankful that he didn't end the story back in 2004. But Jesus put me back on the potter's wheel. And I'm thankful that when he heard my cry, come on somebody, he picked me up out of a pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet on a rock. Come on, is there anybody here this morning that has a testimony of what God has done in your life? That when I repent, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Come on, if you feel this way, would you lift up your voice? And would you just begin to thank God that despite your past and future failures, that despite your past and future mistakes, there's a God that's full of grace and full of mercy. So Jesus, he selects a guy that's not qualified, certainly not perfect, but he goes ahead and he picks him anyways. And the word says in verse 19, saith unto them, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. They leave their nets and look at this, and they what? They followed him. I'll tell you, church, that you never know where the simple request Follow me. We'll take you. Follow me. Reminds me of my childhood. I before high school, my parents were singing evangelists, which basically means that I spent the first twelve years of my life in a '93 Ford Aerostar minivan. <laughs> Have those big long bench seats, y'all know. Some of my older folks know what those Ford Aerostar minivans were like. Had that whole row to myself, and we crisscrossed North America, and we were having the time of our lives, and I believe we were in like West Virginia or Kentucky or Tennessee, and I vividly remember my dad saying, you want to do something fun? You want to you detour here and go do something fun? And I vividly remember it, because back in the day, we didn't have iPads and iPhones, and we didn't have the screens in the car. When, when, when we were traveling, we, we would just play that riddly, riddly, re, I see something you don't see game, you know? <laughs> and I'm an only child, so that game gets old really quick. <laughs> and so I really remember Dad saying, hey, you want to go do something fun? We're on the highway, and we get off, and I think we went into like a state park, and we were driving, felt like miles up this hill and up mountains, and, and just kept going, kept going, kept going, going higher and higher and higher. 
Finally, we, we park the van and we get out of the Aerostar and, and my dad takes me through this path and we go up some steps and we get to this, this lookout point and, and just everything kind of changes. You get up there and you get out there and you walk to the edge and I'm telling you, I've never seen it so beautiful. You've got trees as far as the eye could see and you're overlooking little hills and there was a little city a little far off that you could overlook. And I mean, it was literally, it was, it was, it was breathtaking and how beautiful and how amazing this, this, this just taking a detour and being able to see all of this scenery. And, and I was able to witness such beauty because, hear me this morning, of the simple desire to go where dad wanted to take me. And I feel this in the Holy Ghost, that the Lord is wanting to take our church to places that we could never imagine. I believe for the individuals at Family Life, the Lord is wanting to take you places that you could never imagine, that there is a plan and there is a purpose and there is a call for every single individual in this place. Those that walked in here feeling it is over, those that walked in here feeling that you will never be able to do it, those that walked in here feeling that you will never be able to step door into God's calling and you will never be able to go forward. I've come to remind you that God still wants to use you. That the Lord has something great prepared for you. No matter how unqualified and no matter how imperfect that there's no telling what souls will be saved or what ministry will be started or what prodigal will come back home due to somebody making the decision today that I'm going to follow the call and the voice of God. That little did Simon Peter know. Little did he know that just simply following where Jesus wanted to take him would lead him to being part of one of the greatest revivals that we ever read about in the Word of God. Little did Simon Peter know that he would be led to seeing thousands filled with the Spirit of God. Little did Simon Peter know that he would see people healed and see people uh, receiving their miracles. And I believe with everything in me that Jesus is wanting to do the same with the souls here at Family Life. That God is wanting to use you as a vessel in your workplace. And he is wanting to use you as a vessel in your home. He is wanting to use you as a vessel in your marriage. He is wanting to use you as a vessel in your school. He is wanting to use you as a vessel in your community. But the question that every single one of us have to answer is, will I follow? Will I make up my mind? that I'm going to follow after Jesus Christ. That it's no coincidence that at this time and at this hour, God has us placed here. It's no coincidence that you were created to be on this earth at this time for this moment. That it's no coincidence that right now God has our attention. I believe with everything in me, he is looking for somebody that would rise up in this last day and say, God, I will follow after you. Would you stand and lift up a hand towards heaven as our musicians come? Come on, would you lift up your voice towards heaven right now? Come on, the field is ready. There are people that are hungry. There are people that are lost. There are people that are searching for real peace and real hope and real hope. Real love. Real love. 
They're searching for real answers. Will we follow? Church, I've preached all of this to get to the real message this morning. And that's found in verse 19. And the word of God says this. If you go back one verse. And he saith unto them, follow me. And I'll make you fishers of men. And then verse 20. And they followed him, but before they followed him, they did something. They straightway left their nets. That there is excitement in winning the lost, and there is excitement in starting the small group, and there is excitement in fulfilling God's will and saying yes and going to the next level and hoping and praying for revival in our church. And let's advance and let's build on and let's grow and Let's do more for the kingdom of God, but it will only come when we surrender and let go and put full faith in the hands of God. That before Peter walked with Jesus and and before he preached the sermon and before he saw the healings and the miracles, Simon Peter, he had to let go of a net. Come on, is there anybody here today that knows that it's not easy to let go of the net? It's not easy to leave it all behind that for Peter it was all that he knew that this was his talent and and this is what united the family it it was the personal business it's what put food on the table it's what was familiar to him but Simon Peter let go of all of it so that he could pursue the journey of following after Jesus church I'll tell you today that the net is something that each of us have to deal with that it might be our flesh might be our plan, it might be our dreams, it might be what we want rather than what God wants, that there is safety in the net. That there's not much faith that is needed when you and I, when we're holding on to the nets in our life, that there isn't much trust needed when I'm holding on to the net. It's a sure thing. It's a comfortable thing. It's a safe thing. But when we place this net down at an altar and say, God, not my will, but thine be done. It's at that moment that we will begin to see the Spirit of God leading us to places that our earthly flesh could never take us. It's at that moment when we lay down a net that we will begin to see God take us places that our dreams could never take us. Our plans could never take us. Our goals could never lead us there. But it's got to come at the expense of a net. Romans 12 and 1. I end with this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, that you dedicate all of yourself, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And I will tell you, church, The world will do everything it can to make us feel as though we are crazy for doing everything and selling out to this right here. The world will do everything it can to make us feel like we are the crazy ones because we don't watch what the world watches. And we don't listen to what the world listens to. And we don't act like the world. And we don't talk like the world. And we don't do the things that the world does. That you're, you're crazy because you lift up a hand for God. Yeah. 
You're crazy because you get emotional about this. You're crazy because multiple times a week you go to the same place and you lift up the name of Jesus and you sit there and you have to listen to a message and you have to go to an altar that you're, you're crazy because you're so committed to the word of God and you're so committed to the voice of God and you're so committed to the house of God that, that you're crazy. But what the world doesn't understand is that God Almighty maker of the heavens and the earth, the one that can make the mountains shake and the earth tremble, the one that heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool, the one that when he speaks, everything obeys that God. He robed himself in flesh and he went to a cross and he died and he defeated death and he did it for you and he did it for me and so pardon me, but there is nothing unreasonable and there is nothing crazy when it comes to dedicating my life and when it comes to dedicating my marriage and when it comes to dedicating my children and my heart and my talent and my treasures, there's nothing crazy. There's nothing unreasonable because he's given everything so that you and I can have a life with the maker of the heavens and the earth. I simply wonder this morning, he's calling but I wonder if there's anybody that's willing to say, Lord, there's still a net in my hand. It might be something small. It might be something big. But Lord, I need to give everything that I am to you because I don't want to live this life out of your purpose. I don't want to live this life out of your will. I don't want to live this life not pursuing your calling because it won't add up. It will always fall short of what God has for you. And so, Lord, if there's a net in my hand, I'm going to place it at an altar and say, Lord, I'm giving absolutely everything that I am to you. And you watch the doors open. You watch God use you like you could never be used before. You watch the plan of God open up in your life when we say, Lord, I surrender absolutely everything to you. As we begin to lift up our hands and lift up our voice, I wonder if there's somebody here today that would come to an altar and say, Lord, I'm giving you my net. Come on, is there anyone here today that will say, Lord, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it all to you. Lord, if there's anything else that I'm holding on to, Lord, I give it to you. That I wanna pursue your call and I wanna pursue your voice and I wanna pursue your plan. And so, Lord, here's everything that I am. I give you my marriage. I give you my children. I give you my talent, Lord. Everything that I am for your call. Everything that I am for your purpose. Come on, that's it. Would you lift up your voice to him? Lord, I surrender all, Jesus. God, take my effort. Lord, take my hands. Take my feet, Lord. Direct me, Lord. Use me, God, in this last day. That I am yours, Lord. Come on, that's it. Let go and let God. So, Lord, I give you everything. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. I lay down my net, Lord. I lay down my life, Lord. I lay down everything that I am, Lord. My plan, my dreams, 
my desires, Lord, my faults, Lord, my sin, Lord. I hand it over to you.